Jackson Lee podcast. I'm here with Allison. She's a DPT. She actually worked on me last year, uh, not during my exact prep, like the pre-prep portion yeah. of it. So yeah, she helped me get through last year. So if you want to tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do and just... Yeah. So um, I'm Allison. I'm 27 and I'm a doctor of physical therapy. Okay. Um, but you know, I've always known I want to be a physical therapist, but I, I don't know. I don't like really having that doctor mm-hmm. under my name just because it's um, such a personable uh, career. Like, right. you know, so that's, I guess, like my official title, but um, I'm also like a whole bunch of other things. So I like to compete. I like trying a lot of things just right. like yourself. Yeah. So um, I guess that's it. And now I, I officially work in Huntington Beach, but um, I'm here in Orange County. And just kind of working and grinding. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been practicing for almost three years now. Where did so, you get your, your certificate? Or your yeah. So I started, I got my bachelor's uh, from Chapman University, which is actually just down the street from here in Orange. And then um, got my bachelor's in health science. Like Chapman so much. It's like a small private school. Um, stayed for another three years. And okay. then I got my doctorate in physical therapy in 2016. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I know. So, a lot of school, right. but worth it, you know, yeah. so I enjoy it and like, I have a really, really good job mm-hmm. that kind of mixes the two passions of mine of just like fitness and like physical therapy. Okay. Um, so it's really awesome that I can just blend the two together and I don't really know where one starts and like one begins. Right. So, um, I'm lucky to just have a, a job that kind of does both. Well, yeah. Exactly. So what exactly do you do like day in and day out at work? Um, so I see multiple, uh, like maybe like 15 or like 22 patients a day, varying, very, oh my God, I can't speak, uh, like a huge variety of like right. patients, like my youngest kid maybe was like 13, all the way up to like my oldest patient was like 91. Wow. So like all walks of life, all like fitness levels, yeah, yeah. all like to the, like the most sedentary person to like the most like, um, you know, active person. Right. Um, whether it's like chronic low back pain or they're post-surgical, like they tore their ACL or they're coming to see me because they don't want to get surgery um, or like prehab things where they're in season and they have like a shoulder ache and they just want to get rid of that before season or whatnot. Um, But most of of the time I think people think physical therapists that they always treat athletes Mm -hmm. where I would say like athletes are maybe like 30% of like my population. Um, it's usually like the weekend warrior, just like the normal person, like going about their day, and then they like pick something up, like oh my back, right, right. you know. So um, it there's that. So I, like athletes, they keep my job fun, yeah. and like there's where like that fitness part comes in. Right. Um, but then it's really gratifying for just like a normal person, yeah. you know what I mean? And like I'm giving their job, not their job, but like their life back. It's like right. oh, I, they can pick up their kid again without pain, or they yeah. they're able to like throw baseball with their son, or things that they like to do that um, I think as an athlete you kind of take for granted 
until you get hurt yeah. type of thing. So um, that's like what I do day in, day out. And a lot of it is, I would say, like more coaching than mm-hmm. and teaching rather than me like manually doing stuff, whether right. it's like massage or like joint mobilizations or whatever. Um, and I think a lot of people find value, even this day and age where like social media and like the internet has all the answers. Mm-hmm. They ask more questions, which I love because right. then that's also dangerous because then they doing things that they just see someone online yeah. and they get hurt. So a lot of the time it's just educating like a patient to figure out like, okay, what is actually wrong with them and why right. to get them to understand like why they're not making gains or why like they've had it for years and right. you know, or like coming back and stuff. Um, so Monday through Friday, that's, that's my fun time. Okay. Um, and I get to know my patients a lot. Uh, they see me like at least a month. Some patients I've seen for like an entire year, just depending on like how serious they're. So you're doing your relationship with them. Yeah, with for sure. Life, right? Which kind of goes back to like, I have never introduced myself as like Dr. Luna or like Dr. anything. Cause right. at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm, it's a very personable like uh, career where I'm touching their body. I'm seeing them most of the time more than I see my own family, like, right. you know? So I know about them, I know about their family, I know about their kids, their grandkids, everything, just as much as they know about my life. Right. Um, and that's like the beauty of physical therapy because you spend so much time like with your client, your patient, whoever that you're treating that it just is more than just a shoulder repair yeah. or an ACL, you know. I'm treating like their entire life. kind of life essentially, yeah. yeah. So. What would be the coolest, like I guess like most heartwarming like patient you've dealt with so far? Um, so kind of backtracking. So right now I work at like a sports medic- medicine clinic. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, I worked at a hospital. Mm-hmm. So like people who like had a stroke or had a heart attack and they're just like bare minimum, they can't even get out of bed. That was kind of where I started. Um, so I'd say like my most gratifying would probably be in that setting. I had like a young dude, um, probably like early 50s and he had a stroke and all he wanted was to like be a normal dad again couldn't walk like literally half of his body was just like paralyzed um getting him to be able to just go home you know walking with a walker being able to stand up on his own get in out of the car like that was probably the most gratifying for me and it's just because like you take all those simple things like for granted you know you're losing your independence you know like no one wants to be going to the bathroom and having someone help them to just wipe themselves or like even get them on and off the toilet. So giving a person their independence back mm-hmm. by doing those little things, like that was probably the most gratifying for me. Right. Um, and then I guess like in this sports setting that I'm in right now, maybe not the most gratifying in that sense, but like my one of my proudest moments is one of, um, I had a patient and, um, you know, he ended up after going with me, like I don't want to go too much in patient information just for like right, privacy. Exactly. But um, he ended up, he was a top wrestler, ended up getting full ride scholarship at Stanford. Oh, he was coming off of like an ACL reconstruction, so his second one on right. the same knee. No so that was super like proud moment for me. And inspiring he, too. Yeah. It's like he, a lot of people would quit after the first yeah. thing, you know? So. And you know, he was a young kid, like, and he had everything stacked up against him, and it was just this, he had a goal in mind, and like I, I gave him all the tools, he just did all the hard work, and like to see an athlete like that, like, right at a very young age come over things like it's super inspiring but also that that same gratification but it was a little bit more fun for me just yeah so everyone wants to be a PT initially because they want to work with athletes or be around sports or they were an athlete at one point and got hurt and now they want to be a physical therapist yeah 
That's cool. So talk to me a little bit more about like your athletic side, like your, your competing days. Yeah. So um, I, remember, I don't know, was I ever around? I think it was before me, right? Yeah, so I think, yeah, my, so I started competing 2016. I, uh, I backtracking, like I actually started just like going to the gym in general, maybe when I was a senior in undergrad and I wanted to lose like that freshman 15 that kind of lingered for like all of undergrad. So um, my boyfriend, now husband at the time, he got me into the gym, I started lifting, fell in love with it because you start seeing results instantly when you're a newbie and you're like, oh my God, like I look good. And then um, went to grad school and in my mind I was like, okay, to be a physical therapist, I gotta look the part. Like I can't be, you know, not knowing how to squat, not knowing how to do these things and telling people how to do them. So that's how like I pushed myself even more in the gym and I was going like five to like six days a week uh, at like five in the morning before class just to beat the traffic to get to like Irvine. And um, I had a girl who was in the year ahead of me in grad school and she uh, was gonna do her first figure competition. And so I got lunch with her one time and I was like super intrigued by it and I was like, how, how does this all work? Like, I don't right. even know, like, I feel like I can do this. Like, I'm already training. I want to train for something. Right. Um, Cause I was, I grew up doing sports all my entire life. Like literally anything with a ball, like yeah. I did. And when I got to grad school and college, I didn't have that. Yeah. I just had the gym. So I was like, okay, I want to train for something. So I kind of jumped in. Um, I, w- I was going to do NPC initially. I, my first show was actually going to be the one in Riverside that okay. you did. The West Coast. Yeah, the West Coast. And then I found a coach he kind of opened my eyes to the natural federations and he's like, oh, well this natural show is like the same exact day. So I was like, oh, like that seems right to me. Like, you know, everyone's drug tested, whatever. Um, So I went that route uh, my last year of grad school, competed for the first time. Um, It was a crazy ride trying to do that my last year of grad school. Cause I was like on clinicals at the time, I was graduating, had finals, I had everything, and I and on prep that right. you're already like stress levels are to the max, you gotta get your training in, and then right. I got like finals and like patient care. It was crazy. It was crazy. Right. And I ended up I think pushing myself so much stress level wise, I ended up getting shingles like three weeks out from my show. No and I had graduation that week and like everything. It was crazy. So it kind of pushed me back a little bit, but I competed. It was a really fun experience. I got fourth. Um, what was I? Oh, I think I did novice that year. Okay. Um, and then once I got fourth, I got top five. Like it just lit like a fire in me. I was like, right. oh, I found my thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I found my next thing that I wanted to compete again. Um, so I took that was like June of 2016. I took the rest of that year off, started prep again, beginning of 2017, and decided to do three shows that year, cool. all back to back to back, yeah. which. I think I was a little overzealous because right. three, like two shows alone back to back is hard, and like putting in a third one was super, super. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was the smartest because, right. as you know, like being on prep and like that brain and having that strict schedule, it like really takes a toll on your body, yeah. like overall. Um, so my first show, two thousand seventeen, wh- um, I thought I brought my best package. Mm-hmm. And I did. I beat what my physique was the year before, right. and uh, judges didn't think so so much. And that's when I learned kind of about all of the politics that yeah. go with it. And me thinking like, oh, it's a natural league. It's a smaller federation. You know, NBC is kind of notorious for like, oh, you gotta like. First, there's a lot more politics there because it's a huge federation. Right. It's like the m- most well known. And I don't have anything against NBC. Just want to make that clear. 
But um, that was my first taste of like politics. Right. And um, everyone in the stands, I had even the promoter of the show, which I also found out like, oh, there's probably some politics going on in there right. too. But coming up to me, like, you got robbed. Like, I didn't even place, I, I did open that time, then I didn't place in top five, and I looked at the girls that got top five, and I was like, it, like, how? It's questionable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, which I had another show right after that, about two weeks after. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to grind out, I'm just going to do better on the second show. Right. Which, the second show wasn't, like, necessarily sanctioned by any federation, it was at Muscle Beach, and it was for fun. Okay, yeah. Um, and I ended up doing well. I got third in that one. So then my last show was in August. So I had like nine weeks between my second and my third show. Um, but at that point, I my body was taking to a toll. Like I was cheating on my diet because I just could not control those cravings anymore. And I would binge and then I would like do extra cardio and like try to like repair the damage that I did of like losing gains or like getting all the fluff back and whatnot. And it was just a up and down roller coaster. And then my third show, thinking like, okay, third time's a charm, I'm gonna like come in with my best look. It ended up being my worst look out of all like three shows that year. And um, yeah, and now I think that last 2017 uh, competition, season two, I also got engaged. Right. Like right at the beginning, like the weekend before I was gonna start prep, like my boyfriend, now husband, proposed to me. And right. it kind of sucked because we wanted to be this engaged couple. I couldn't even like really eat or drink to like celebrate you know and all that's a huge life event and I think people um the competitive nature of me was like you know what I'm gonna stick to it like and bless my husband's soul because he was so supportive through it but it did take a toll on us because who wants to be an engaged couple and not be able able, yeah exactly um so after my last show in 2017 um I made a decision with my fiance now husband that you know what um my ultimate goal still is to be get my pro card right. in a natural league, um, but I kind of put that on hold because you know what, like my relationship right now, my upcoming marriage, my wedding, like that's what's most important for me. So um, gears kind of sh- shifted, right. and you know I'm now we were able to like plan a beautiful wedding. I got married. Now we're like very much in our honeymoon phase. Right. But um, even well, you on your honeymoon, right? yeah, so we're going to Bali. Okay. Yeah, we're super stoked for that. So I'm like currently I'm on like a little honeymoon prep, mm-hmm. not anything like a competition prep, but mm-hmm. just to, you know, so I can Feel look good. good for like come summer for like Bali and yeah. like all that stuff, and then um, enjoy ourselves. And my husband is too, and that kind of w- makes it easy because we both share the same love for fitness, Definitely. and so working that into our marriage and like our lifestyle is just seamless. Right. Um, but yeah, like competing, it, I I don't have any plans just yet for the future or near future, I should say, but, um, I never want to say never because, um, I still want that pro card and, um, anything I've ever set my like mind to, like my husband always told me, he's like, you said you're going to get your pro card. I know it's not going to happen now, but you're going to get your pro card. Like I'm not even, he knows not to like even question it. Yeah. So eventually, but I'm enjoying just like life, you know? Right. Um, so. So what was like? So I only did one show, and yeah. if I would have won it, I would have had a show the following week. Mm-hmm. So like, how like when you had the sh- like the two shows back to back, like how yeah. did you like what was that like? Like did you have that cheat meal the night of your first show, and then like what was the prep back? For the yeah. Show? So I remember um, 
throughout that entire season, like I had the same coach, and he was awesome. Shout out to Michael and uh, Raven Harrington. But um, yeah, like we went out to dinner after my first show, and I was already like upset. So like I had my burger, I had my fries, I had my dessert. But then I, the next day, I got right back on it. And to be honest, like I looked better two days after my show, after that like review huh? yeah. of just like all the fats and carbs and everything. And I was like, oh my god, like I. Now it's just up on stage. Right. So, like, having that show, like, a week and a half or, like, two weeks after the first one was actually really easy. There wasn't much changes that we had to make. It was just that refeed and mm -hmm. then just right back to, um, uh, like, my normal macros or whatever. And my peak week wasn't as, um, like, I didn't really have, like, a peak week again, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It Don't just they, kind like, of... up the carbs a little bit for the second peak? Yeah, so with him, like, in my body at that time, too, which I'll, you know, I, during my time off before I started that 2017 season in general, wasn't the most productive metabolically for me. Like, I wasn't building my, my metabolism up. I didn't reverse diet. I was maybe eating, like, 1,500, and I started my cut from there, which yeah. I'm still a small human, but that's still really, really low to even just start cutting from. Right. So um, I didn't really have, like, a second refeed or, like, my macros didn't really change because my body was already stubborn. Okay. Um, so if anything, like we just manipulated water, um, and then he, it was just trying to keep my stress levels low. Right. Um, and the second show, like I did, I don't think I looked as great as my first show, right. but like I still, I looked more full. Right. I guess I should say I lost a little bit of like a minute conditioning now that like I look back at stage photos, but. Um, to it wasn't there was no drastic change or anything between like back-to-back -back shows that way and I think that's what made it easy because I got my fix in with like my after post-show like celebratory or whatever like meal I looked great and then just went right back on it um, so the only thing I guess that changed was just, like the training like I stopped doing legs like the week before like uh, maybe like five days before the show right. just I don't know the reason behind it actually. I think I do. Because, like, so you know when you do legs, you do the leg pump and it kind of yeah. like it's swollen. Uh -huh. So just for that, like, swollen. Oh, small okay. Then that, that makes sense. And, like, I naturally have, like, my genes and my mom's side of the family. Like, we all have, like, Filipino Thunder guys. Right. So that has always been, like, the uh, critique that judges would give me for, like, my upper body to latch, match, like, my lower body. Definitely. Um, and it was always the last to, like, get conditioned anyway. So, um, yeah, that's why I hardly like quads or anything now <laughs> yeah so what like how would you say you incorporate like you're like because you're a dpt mm -hmm. so you obviously know like your body and stuff so, like mm -hmm. how do you incorporate that into your training um i think even when i was on prep what helped was that uh, injury prevention for sure so like just being the not having the knowledge of like biomechanically and like the stresses you're actually putting on your joints and your muscles and your tendons during training where i think maybe the a person who didn't have this knowledge going through prep and they're just like banging out like reps and just like moving weight not the same yeah. yeah you know and especially when you're low on calories and your fatigue and your immune system is already low you're more prone to injury than anything right. so I think for sure it was just injury prevention that like I was able to be like injury free my entire prep never had any aches and pains never had back pain never had any knee pain or anything right. um, and then also just kind of learning um, the nutrition side, like it made more sense to me. Um, and just asking questions to like a coach or like if you if you are getting coached to prep, like always ask questions like right. and don't 
ever be afraid to say like, oh, why did you cut my carbs? Or like, you know, to understand that kind of helped the process too. Um, and uh, I think it was just making sure that I was healthy even though I was putting myself through all, through of, all of the grind that is not healthy for right. long term, you know? Okay. What kind of like, for being a natural athlete, like what yeah. kind of supplements did you use and suggest? Especially for like those like girls like that want to get yeah. this kind of stuff, like what yeah. would you suggest for them? So when I was on prep, I um, pretty much I only took pre-workout when I needed to because if my energies got low. Um, I took a digestive enzyme or a probiotic. I kind of switched off between the two just because of, um, I was eating a lot more protein than I naturally did and right. to kind of help with the digestion and go to the bathroom and all that. Right. Um, protein powder and BCAs were pretty much it. And that that is all I took. And then I took like, um, oh my gosh, what's the word for it? Uh, oh, I took like a natural diuretic uh, during my peak week and it would, it's called Expel from like MHP labs or something oh, like that. But um, in the, within the natural league, like if you look it up, whether you're doing like the IMBA or WMBF or whatever natural what league. I competed in the IMBF slash WMBF. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there's like a, that's like one big one. And then the second big one is the INBA or PNBA. Okay. Um, but both federations, they have like, if you look them up online, they have a long list of like every single thing that is banned. And you gotta be, I think for your first competition, you'd be like three years clean of or something like that. Oh. And so I had a, at the time, um, I was also sponsored by NutriShop, okay. so it kind of helped with costs yeah, to yeah. like get um, my protein and like all my other supplements, but I had to be really careful about even pre, what pre-workouts to take because mm -hmm. um, I forget the name of the ingredient because I would always have like the list of like band subs that pulled up on my phone, right. but there is like, I think Jekyll or Hyde, that brand or Insane, mm -hmm. like that, those pre-workouts for sure I couldn't take because it had some, and like DHEA or anything with the word methyl, like I was not allowed right. to be on. Um, and the way like natural federations, at least WMBF, every single athlete you get polygraph tested the day before um, or like the week of the competition. And then if you win, you automatically get pulled from stage. There's a nurse there, you pee in a cup, and if you don't pass it, you get it stripped from you. So um, one of my best friends, like she's actually um, another natural federation. She is a pro athlete, so, or she got her pro card. So I went to her show when she won, they yeah. literally like, right off she got off stage Quick, huh? back into the bathroom to pee like in a cup to a nurse and then um so you have your title until you get the results back then it's like official, official. Okay. yeah i heard that if you like lose too they have like a website with like the ban list oh really i didn't even know that that's kind yeah. of that's funny but um and i know too it's like you have to you have to like still compete to like keep your pro card too you oh. can't just like so win like, your pro card and then you're a pro for life yeah. like you have to like within a time frame or something like you have to compete again to mm -hmm. maintain your pro status or it kind of like uh expires or whatnot yeah because for the npc once you get pro card you're pro for life yeah like everyone has like the ifbb like yeah. by their name but i think like in the natural um or like at least in the federation that like my best friend won mm -hmm. and um that i know of uh, you have to like compete like Again, within a within a time frame, like I, at least within like two years or something like yeah. that. But don't quote me on it. That's pretty um, cool because I feel like a lot of keeps it keeps you accountable. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of like pro athletes in the IFBB they yeah. get their pro card and they just kind of and then that's it. Yeah, they're just, and then they they claim yeah, yeah they claim their pro or like yeah there's like even the, I feel like there's a lot of like fitness 
fitspo people out there that are IFBB, but they haven't like stepped on stage for like oh, a while, yeah. you know. But um, I I li- I think that's cool because it keeps everyone accountable, keeps right. everyone on their toes. Like you just have to keep like grinding and keep moving. You can't just stay like right, stagnant. That's it, you yeah. know. So um, yeah. What would you say your your ultimate goal is with like the DPTs side of? Um, ultimate goal. I'm pretty happy right now, but if I could somehow, and it's hard because like with with healthcare, there's like health insurance and all that. So there's more like things that and hurdles as a physical therapist to kind of do what I want to do, which in a perfect world, like I would kind of be just treating patients like, um, like on my own, not necessarily the clinic, kind of like traveling or, you know, and if I did have my own clinic or out of a gym or something like that, but still getting like all of like my weekend warriors and my normal people but like a lot more athletes a lot more you know uh fitness competitors and stuff like that because i feel like that's a niche that i that i feel like hasn't been touched very much and there are a lot of places out there that do a lot of like the cupping or the grassing or whatever like high five hand therapy and then in oc uh, muscle rehab um that guy which i've also personally got worked on and he's awesome um kind of does i call it tissue work but not necessarily like physical therapy Um, and I always preach to like my patients when they come to see me like everyone when they're injured or there's pain there's a what and then there's a why all of those tissue people like high five and all that they're really attacking the what like they're getting ready rid of your pain which is the what but they're never really touching the why you got to that place in the first place so in a physical therapy sense if I can kind of have something like that um, but then, like, actually stopping the cycle of, like, people returning to, like, PTs or to right. chiros or to massage service over and over again because they keep getting hurt the same way, um, that would be awesome. But, you know, I'm not business-minded whatsoever, so if I had, like, a partner that kind of can create, create that and yeah. I just have to do, like, the physical therapy part, that would be awesome. Right. Um, but for right now, like, I'm happy where I'm at. Like, I, I got a great job. I got a great setup. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm actually next door to a pretty big um, MMA um, training camp. It's okay. called King's MMA in um, Huntington. Mm-hmm. And they have a, like, uh, who is it? Like Kelvin Gaslam fights yeah, out yeah. of there. Um, Fabricio Verdun fought out of there. So we get some fighters every so often into our clinic. Right. Um, so I get a taste of it to like see, but you know, again, like fighters, you know, yeah, yeah. they come in, they get hurt, they get, tre- they just want like treatment and then they leave back, and back. then they're back again. So if like you just get rid of the why, like, Right. fixes everyone's problems yeah, definitely. so but I mean maybe now further down along for now like career rise like I'm pretty I'm pretty happy until I think right now I have more life goals right. like on like a personal life and like with like um, you know building like my marriage with my husband right now I've only been married for like four months so right. we're enjoying that and like we're happy um, so we we have more life goals right now rather than like career or like fitness goals that we're like really grinding on. Mm-hmm. So Bali is in what? How many days? One hundred. One hundred and thirty-six. I got cool. like a little countdown. So when you guys go there, do you guys have any specific plans? Do you guys come um, we're just gonna free like like freestyle it. Uh, we have some like we're staying a week in like Seminyak, which is more um, like the beach coastal area, and then like a week in Ubud, which is more like the jungly area so we'll get a taste of both and um you know just kind of see where it goes it's a honeymoon just relax drink have fun and um kind of just emerge ourselves in like the culture there because it'll be a country that both my husband and i have never been to so we're excited for that and you know uh, my husband's a speech therapist and he works for a school district so 
he'll be on like summer vacation right. like it'll just be a really nice like getaway and yeah, right. um almost it'll almost be like a year from like our wedding so it's like one like thing we get to look forward to that um within the near future yeah right. so what was that transition like going from single to engaged yeah to what was that was that off like obviously that seems pretty cool um it was rather seamless and maybe like i'm just lucky that like i found like an awesome dude but uh i was 18 when i met him we've been together for almost like nine years um and it was just you know like the first couple of years you're still in the honeymoon phase or whatever and then it started to get serious but i think what really helped us is uh we had opposite schedules from the get-go like we would only see each other maybe four four hours a week because right. he was in school i was living in orange county i was in a sorority i had dance i had school i had two jobs and i was you know we were both grinding out like on our own individual level so um, i think that absence of us still being able to grow as individuals mm -hmm. but still be as a couple like that's what made us like kind of go through the stages of a relationship and like kind of made it seamless to engagement to like marriage right. Because when we are together right now, like it on the sea field, it does, feels like nothing has changed. Rather, it's just I get to call him my husband instead of like my boyfriend now, right. which is really cool. And I like I have his last name, but overall, like our relationship, um, it's always been built on us being able to grow and not losing ourselves. But like now that you know, but together, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there's value into still being able to grind and do you. Mm -hmm while having like a partner just being like being your cheerleader and be like go and not like being like oh like spend more time with me or like you don't ever go out as much or whatever um we both know the value of grinding and like we have bigger goals in set and actually one of my patients told me um like oh, maybe like last week we were like talking about life and stuff and he was like, yeah, everyone wants to be that like old married couple like eating dinner together right. in their front porch you know everyone wants that yeah but while you want that have that picture in your head but you have to like do all the little things now to right. work up to there it just doesn't happen overnight exactly. so um it was just kind of seamless because we were both grinding like with ourselves but then also just as a couple and um allowing ourselves to grow that way right. and that kind of just became fruitful because we never lost sight of like our own personal like goals and whatnot yeah what kind of like what kind of things do you guys do together that kind of like build your guys' relationship um honestly it's like little things like I think now that we live together um, and we have more time with each other, um, for example, like my husband, like I hate washing dishes and I love cooking. So he does the little things of just like doing the things I don't like washing right, dishes. Right. Or just the matter of fact of like coming home to him and we like automatically hug, how's your day? And then it's just all those little things that I think couples like forget about. Forget, yeah, because yeah, um, it's all those little moments that you build together. It's not like the, I mean, the big trips and like right. doing fancy things are cool, but it's like those mundane things that you get to do with like your person, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we have like a very much routine because we have like a really busy schedule, but Saturdays are always, has always been our date nights, mm -hmm. um, which usually consists of like us going to the gym in the morning. Yeah, and, go, yeah. and then from there we kind of like, oh, like do you want to go out? or do you want to like do something but for the most part some like this weekend like it's a very lazy weekend for us yeah. and but we love we like look forward to that too yeah. um and just really valuing kind of like all the little moments that you have but we don't really have like we're actually like complete opposites right. and we don't agree on pretty much like everything all the way up to like our basketball teams like he is a diehard laker fan and i am not like i am a chicago bulls fan right. 
so we like argue but like things like that like healthy, NBA. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you know we have similarities but we never agree right. on anything which is funny then people are like how do you guys how are you guys get along like you don't like have the same interests so right. it just works yeah because he he like will pull me into like he's into our cars mm-hmm. so like he'll like to see him really passionate about talking about cars or like right. for him to see me really passionate talking about like pt or like be competing like right. he shows me a different world and i show him a different world and it kind of kind of works out that I way i feel like in a way that kind of like not inspires you but it's like to see someone passionate about something it's just like man like you just love yeah. to see them happy like in their exactly. element right yeah there's something like i thrive on seeing people that are passionate or just like love what they do right. or what like you know i just love love and i love people being happy yeah. like there's something so um enticing and um what do you call it? contagious about it yeah. um just like good energy overall and you know it, even if i'm not into it or whatever like it makes you happy like that's awesome like right. i want to know more about it because if you talk to someone who's passionate about something you get excited just because yeah. you can feel that like passion the energy huh? yeah for sure that's awesome so like what would you say inspires you like or who or what inspires you um that's easy like my mom 100 yeah. percent. so um my mom is such a boss so she was super independent um she, my grandparents or her mom and dad very traditional filipino so growing up like she wasn't able to do a lot of things her her thing was go to school go home cook and clean her and her sister they were never to like you know do you like normal things that you would think kids do like play soccer or go to dances or like you know but she graduated from Cal State LA in three years. Didn't even tell like my grandparents that she was graduating. Yeah. And just bought her own house, bought her own car, like with cash, right. and just like built this life with my dad. And then, um, you know, then she had my brother and I, and she gave up everything for like my brother and I. Right. She had like a really great job for LA Times, and she gave it up to per- give my brother and I like her, like right. being a great mom. So she put me in like everything. Anything I wanted to do, she never said no. Because she never got that when she was a kid. Right. So I remember when I was four, that's when I started Taekwondo. And ever since that, like then I did soccer, then I did basketball, then I did softball. Right. And but also the academics, like she put us in friggin' like every like library reading program in the summer. Made like homemade math and reading packets for us right. to do in the summer. She just made us super active and was like an awesome mom because she was already instilling us like hard work right. um, and just growing me as a female to be as independent as she was um, and like she's a hundred percent my inspiration and I, I owe a lot to who I am as a person and like my work ethic and like how I am even as like a wife and like hopefully a mother soon that yeah. um, you know if I can be half the woman she is then yeah, be doing great. I'd be doing awesome yeah so what is what did your dad do for so he is a computer engineer so he was, uh, he's still grinding it out right now, and like they're both now almost retired, but they're like living their retired life. Like they just came back from Costa Rica, oh, and like wow. they'll like text me and be like, oh yeah, like we're taking a limo to the airport, we'll be back in like a couple of weeks. And I'm like, oh okay, like you and your bougie friends, like right, yeah. they're doing all these fun things now because you know, my brother and I were growing up, right. they're like, oh, we're done, like we're about to go travel, yeah, and they're yeah. going like two or three times out of the year to some other country, which is awesome for them. So uh, my dad's a computer engineer. My mom was uh, a counselor for LA Times, and now she works at a school district. Okay. She's a attendance clerk at actually the high school that I went to. Okay. Um, but she loves. She calls it her social hour. Like she loves talking to the kids, and I always tell her she should be like a high school counselor because right. she helps like all of her. She calls them pets because she like kind of 
you know, gets a student or two that, like, she grows close with, and then, like, she helps them, like, find colleges, and, like, right. how to apply to, like, certain things, and, like, she kind of takes them under her own, and she's everyone's mom. She's always right. been everyone's mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what she does right now, but she calls it, like, her social hour. Like, they, they just, they work hard, but they, like, play hard, really. They <laughs> like, enjoy it. Yeah, they do. And I'm, like, really happy for them, because right. they put me through college, so um, they deserve it more than anyone. That's awesome. Yeah. So... Well, if you could go back and tell like your college self like mm-hmm. something to like prepare yourself for college, mm-hmm. what would you what would you say? Um, I would say. Hmm. Or for life, to better prepare you for life after college. I would say. Oh man, let's see. That's hard. That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of what I did in college that I wish I knew. There's <laughs> 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 like a whole bunch. Um, I would say um, it's okay to keep your, your circle small. Right. Um, and I think uh, I went to high school, and then when I went to college, no one from my high school applied to the same college I went to. So I started off, like, fresh, not knowing anyone. And, like, uh, you know, you there's kind of that comfort in numbers if you have a lot of friends or whatever. But um, you get pulled a lot of different directions and trying to prove yourself or trying to make your, you know, try to find your own and who you are, especially... Okay. When you're in that age range and that you're so um, susceptible to everything and like any anyone can mold you at that point right. so I would say like keep your don't be afraid to keep your circle small and be picky because uh, now like I'm I I have like the friends that I have that I know that like I'm gonna have them for the rest of my life right. and like I'm okay with letting people go that are toxic right. or not necessarily toxic but are just like draining right. my energy that I don't really need you know yeah. Or someone that's not going to put in the same effort, you know, and um, I think there's value that just having a small circle, like a small, like, stable, like, always got your back right. um, versus, oh, I got, like, all of these friends, but right, then, right. they're all really, like, yeah, they're, stuff. like, yeah. half-assing things and you never, you know, so I would say to just don't be afraid to keep your circle small. I like that. So, um. Have you read any books that are like, super dope to you? Yeah, so there was one that I I read it when I was on prep, and like I'm rereading it again. It's called Relentless by Tim Grover. Okay. Um, so if you're a basketball fan, it's a great book because he is actually like one of the trainers for Kobe. So I think uh, he equates like that Mamba mentality a lot to him. Right. And he's a basketball trainer in general that like he worked with Dwayne Wade. He worked with a lot of big name people that um, not so much for like physicalness or the athleticness of like basketball but more so for the mental toughness of to be like a professional athlete um and it goes into kind of classifying people if you're like a cleaner or if you're i forgot the terms that he uses but um it's it's so inspiring because you're like oh like he has one i think metaphor of like a big ceo company like and you need to go to someone that knows all the ins and outs you don't go to the ceo you go to the janitor Right. Like he is there day in, day out. He sees everything, has the keys to every single door, is the hardest working, but doesn't say a word. Right. And he like you want to be that janitor. You want to be that person that, you know, you don't have to be all boastful or anything, but you just do the work right. and that's how you grow. And like you are not afraid to do anything. Like no job is too small, no bit you know, job is too big. Like it's just you do everything. Just do it, yeah. yeah, you're just a cleaner. Right. Um, so that book, like Relentless is probably like I, I gave it to my husband too after I got uh, finished with it and like he it just keeps getting passed on like yeah, even yeah. within my my work so that's awesome um, like 
Tim by Tim Grover. Okay. Um, I think he worked with Michael Jordan too. So if you're a, if you're an NBA fan in general, um, like Coach K like endorses it. Like there's a whole, so many big people like in the book that are just like talking about this dude. That's crazy. More so for like mentality rather than like right. basketball. What would you say the biggest mentality is between like an average like a regular person mm-hmm. and like an athlete? That was the biggest difference. Um, I think. It's two things. With like a normal person, at least within my job, I have to keep encouraging them to like do what I tell them to do. For an athlete, I have to like reel them in. I have to be like, stop, like you're doing too much. I would say that's the biggest thing because I think athletes are ingrained in your, like especially if you've been doing sports for a while or like ever since you're little, it's always like, okay, I gotta go, 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 go. I gotta be the best. Like you know that that drive already. That's like innate innate in you. I think a normal person um, they have more, what's it called, like external motivation, yeah. where an athlete can have more internal motivation and they can like motivate themselves. Right. Um, normal person, I think they need something a little bit more external. To be pushed. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but that's like the biggest thing that I come, at least within my job. Most of the time, athletes are doing too much. If I tell them to do something, like I know they're gonna do it like times three. Right. So yeah. I gotta like be careful of even like the homework I give them because right. I'm like, you're gonna overdo it, I know. And I can tell like right away if yeah. I get a kid and they're like, oh, like I, I like sprained my ACL but I have a game like tomorrow, so I need you to like, yeah, I'm like, it doesn't work that way, right. you know? And I have like a lot of, it's funny because I have a lot of high school uh, kids right now and it's not so much like the high school, it's like their parents right. that are like, oh, like coaches, coaches like, giving us pressure like we have a tournament or they're this school's looking at them or blah 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 and I'm like first and foremost like I'm here for their health so I'm not if they're not ready like I'm gonna tell you straight up they're not ready because the last thing you want is for them to blow their entire career to something that could have just easily been fixed if you rehabbed it properly um so with athletes it's hard like you gotta reel them in especially if they're kids because then you got the parents to reel back into (laughs) to buy into the whole process exactly yeah yeah and I think um there's I think just as a society in general, like everyone wants that quick fix, right. whether it's to diets or to anything like getting a job or like making money. It's always like, oh, I want that quick hustle. I want that one thing that I can get here right away. Okay. Where there's, uh, for the most part, like it doesn't really work that way. Right. Like you got to put in the work and the time, and it some sometimes it, there is a quick fix, but yeah. it's not so sustainable, right? right? You can't keep it for very long. Um, so. A lot of the times, like a lot of my patients, whether they're an athlete or like a normal person, they want that quick fix. Right. And uh, that kind of goes back to how I was saying, like I have to educate them on like how they got there in the first place. Right. Where like if you had back pain for like months, seeing me for like two weeks isn't gonna make it go away just like that. Definitely. Like I can definitely help, but you got you know didn't didn't happen. It can't happen overnight either. Right. It didn't happen overnight to begin with. So, um, but yeah, like I think there's not. A lot of difference I think just like motivation wise and like finding what can push a person is different between like normal people and like athletes yeah, definitely. Yeah. kind of picking off what you're saying about like a lot of people want that quick fix yeah type of thing so like when competing like I've heard from Joseph where he said he's taking a year off yeah like, every after, after every show he, he did three and one and one yeah. so if you could go back and do it again would you take that like long set of time and yeah show? for sure I don't know like it, I definitely probably wouldn't do three. I would still do two back to back. I think right. that's very doable. But I for sure would have taken a year off before I even started that three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I did it all over again, I'd be competing this year. Right. Like I had 2016, 2017 to like, or I would have competed last year, 2018. Okay. Um, because I think even for a female, there's a lot of things and like now I think it's more talked about, especially for the female body, like 
your hormones, your metabolism, everything gets like shot. Right. And um, it really, really does wreck your body. And especially if you are a first timer and you don't really know too much about it and you just do whatever your coach tells you to do, mm -hmm. which is a good athlete, but also not maybe like the smartest athlete. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're taking, you don't know you're, the, all the after effects of prep, right. which is like the really, really hard part. Um, but everyone needs that time, even if you're a new lifter, to get that muscle maturity or to have like a framework underneath all of the fat right. to even like compete and right. to show. Think about it, yeah, because yeah, again, there's no quick fix to even building your metabolism again or like regulating your hormones. So, like it takes a lot of hard work, like mentally right. and like emotionally too, about the more so than like. The physical part of like training and all that. Mm -hmm. So, how, did, you, did you follow your reverse diet? So my after my first season, I didn't have a reverse diet at all. I just like jumped right back into prep. Mm -hmm. I like finished competing. I did my first show. I was like, oh, I gotta eat, and I gained like I probably gained like ten pounds, and then I stabilized and went back to like what I was like before prep. And then I just jumped right back into it. I had no idea what I was like, where my metabolism was at. Right. Like all I knew was like, oh, I got my period back. Now I can go do another show. Right. Um, and like for females, that I think that's really common. That like you just your body fat gets so low, you end up losing your menstrual cycle, and that like messes everything right. up. Um, and so after I did, I learned my lesson. Um, so my second season, I. Um, sought out a, a new coach not that I wasn't happy with uh, my old coaches I just wanted you know like a second eye or yeah, another opinion you know someone fresh to like kind of um, look at my competing history and like where my numbers were at and all that um, and so I contacted Marcus Cottle so he uh, is with Team CTN um, and he coaches a lot of like more so like the bikini like girls I, I want to say um, Wait, did you do figure or bikini? I did bikini, okay. yeah. And so I contacted him because I was like, you know what, this time I'm actually going to do a reverse diet. And right. I hired him for like three months after my show. And for the most part, I stuck with it. There was, especially in the beginning, it was really, really tough when he'd be like, okay, you're going to eat like 25 more grams of carbs. Right. And he kept upping my carbs, upping my carbs, upping my carbs. And I would like freak out. And I remember I would call my best friend who also competes. I was right. like, oh my god, like, I'm going to be, like, a whale. Like, how am I eat, How can I eat all this food and not do cardio? Right. And then I would kind of hurt myself because he would up my carbs, and then I'd be, like, freak out, and I'd do, like, an hour of cardio still. Right. And so that, like, trying to shift that mental state of mind or that mentality was, like, really, really hard. Um, but after a while, um, I got into it, and then I think I picked up powerlifting, and that's probably what saved me. Right. Um, my, my style of training changed that I needed to eat or else I could not hit my numbers I was supposed to hit. Definitely. So I think powerlifting really, like the combination between powerlifting and the reverse diet, mm -hmm. like regulated everything for me. Definitely. And where now I can, I'm, I just started tracking just because I'm prepping for like my honeymoon, but right. for a good, like almost a year, like I didn't track a single thing that went like that I ate or drank right. or anything. And like, I went to all the social events, I ate all of the food, I right. drank, like, you know, I was just like a normal social person, yeah. person again. Um, but now, like, if I if I were going to start prep, like, I would definitely be at a better metabolic, like, um, starting point. And also, I think even the muscle maturity, just from training and allowing my body to recover and not doing, like, hours of cardio, right. you know, I'm, like, such at a better spot, so... Definitely. So do you think that like that break kind of give you in a better like in a way just that that rest needed to really 
come back yeah. and be better and get that pro card, would you say? Yeah, for sure. And I think more so, like, mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I'm not so afraid of food anymore. Like, I enjoy food. I'm not, like, so, like, food-focused. It was, like, ri- it would be ridiculous. I would be like, oh, like, a new cereal's coming up or a new, like, Oreo's coming up. Uh-huh. I gotta go to Walmart and go buy it. Yeah. Like, I would, like, stock, like, food drops, you know right, what I mean? Right. Where now I'm like, oh, like, those are Oreos. Like, yeah, I don't really, like, right. nothing triggers me anymore. Yeah, yeah. Where, um... Like, having, now that I know, like, nothing really triggers me as much, um, I know, like, if I started on prep, like, I, I wouldn't get hit so mentally or, like, yeah. have that state of mind so much. Because right. I know better. Um, it's still going to be hard, and I'm pretty sure I'll still have those tendencies. Because, I mean, when you're on prep, it's hard. You, you look at yourself every single day, and you get used to seeing, like, the lines, and you right. get leaner, and you're like, oh, damn, I look good. And then you get in a little bit, and you're like, oh, you know. Okay. It, like, fucks with your mind. But um, I think having like a good break off like it also gets you hungry for the stage because right. it's like oh like i put in all this work i want to know what's underneath all this yeah, yeah. so i think um i actually was supposed to, i did start at the beginning of the year on prep but um i broke I, like fractured a rib how'd you do that so i was sick for like <laughs> it's like a weird story it's not even anything exciting but around last december christmas time i got really really sick and I got like really bad case of laryngitis and um, bronchitis, so I was like coughing a lot, right. and like just like mad like con- body convulsing coughs. And there was one time I was sleeping, it's like two o'clock, I had a coffee fit, and right. then like I felt something. I was like, oh, like maybe I like pulled an ab or I strained my ab muscles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to the gym the next morning. I was like, oh, it kind of hurts. Went to work. I was like, oh my god, it's like it was like hurting to breathe. Right. So I just finally went to go get it checked out, and it's like, oh yeah, you cracked a rib. I'm like, oh great. So training kind of stopped for right. about a month. And at that time, like, I was already on prep, and I'm like, I don't want to spend more money, like, right. on anything, and so I kind of just put that on hold, and you know what, like, we have our honeymoon still, and, like, right. I don't want to... These are the priorities. Yeah, so different priorities for me. Competing used to be, like, number one on my priority, but that was before, like, I got married, and, like, we're starting our whole new life, and, like, kind of things, op- like my priorities change and like my eyes are a little bit open to different things than right. um what i wanted initially if you asked me a year ago i'd probably be like oh yeah i'm gonna be competing this year 100 percent." Right. but things change so how long where, where is or are is your preps when you compete um i typically like to com- like prep at least for 16 weeks 16. for like the first show right um for me just knowing my body like i um, my first show i did it for 12 weeks just mostly honestly because i was Still a grad, broke grad student, and I needed, like, like this is how much I could afford, like, yeah, a coach yeah, yeah. for, like, 12 weeks. But um, my second, like, the second season, I prepped for my first show for 16 weeks, and that was, like, perfect. Because right. it wasn't too fast, mm-hmm. um, and it was nice and so, but it wasn't, like, too long where I'm just, like, I'm over it, I'm over it already, right. yeah. Um, but I think overall, like, my second season, I prepped from February all the way until August, and that was just, like, way too much. Right. For me so 16 weeks for me is like the main ticket but i think for everyone it's different too it's like you gotta be realistic where your starting point is yeah right you know and i think for most girls especially if they're first time competing i would say go through a reverse diet first and right. then start a prep because you want to get those like calorie and your maintenance calories up as Definitely. high as possible so I don't, I don't know how it is for guys but um i'm sure because like guys i think more so they go to like okay I'm, my bulk season and then like yeah. my cutting season and then my bulk and like the it's like full-on bulk too yeah. so because my husband's that way like when he's bulking like it's just like eat, eat everything, everything and like I, and i'm like okay you're like a bear right now <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh 
Does he does he like compete or anything or he just No, he just he just likes to go to the gym. Right. Like it's really more for like health for him and yeah. like he enjoys this like a more stress relief. Um I think when I first told him I was like, Oh, like I think I'm gonna do this, like we started like a cut together and like he became like ripped but at the end of it he's like, eh, I don't wanna step on stage right. and like people looking at me and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, that's like it's not for him. Right. But he's come to like every single one of my shows and he was like, you know what, I love you so much that I will go and like stare at dudes in banana hammocks for you. Right. And right. I'm like, Yep, that's keeper. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Do you have any questions for me or anything that you could think of? Um what are your plans? I know you did that first show that yeah. you said. So so I guess my next plan right now would be to bulk uh-huh. uh super hard like your, like your husband get to 300 pounds that's okay. my goal yeah and then uh i'd like to compete in another bodybuilding show and then i like to fight again because i i can't lose my money fight yeah anymore, so. yeah no i get that yeah are, are you gonna stick to like classic or are you gonna go the yeah i'm gonna stick body to classic yeah like bodybuilders are too like just too big yeah so uh, classic my is mine yeah and so last time when i competed i competed at 250 so mm-hmm. i think i could so how does like classic work? Cause I'm not so much. I only really know bikini, mm-hmm. but like I know there's weight classes too. Uh, so it goes is by it height, height or? and weight. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So my class, I'm six ten. Mm-hmm. So it just goes six eight and above, mm-hmm. and they raised the weight limit to two seventy five, and I believe when I competed it was two sixty five. Oh, okay. So yeah, this year will be just to grow and just to fill in the yeah. extra extra pounds I yeah. have to go with. So. Do you want to stick to like NBC or do you want to like branch out? Because I know like you and Joseph. Um, yeah, like I know you've worked out with and trained with Joseph mm-hmm. a lot, and like I know he competes in the natural, natural. So yeah, yeah. So I think I'm gonna stick to NBC. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, I love NBC. Yeah. It's fun. It's, I like the IFBB, and I have like yeah, yeah, my yeah. heroes are like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. and like, yeah. I just like Chris Bumstead. This is like a just like yeah. that whole that whole vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy sure. And so, yeah, NBC. I would like to compete again and then fight. That's yeah. My goal. When do you? Which one would be first? I would say fighting or. I would say probably bodybuilding because, like, so how I did it this year, I loved it. So I got I did my show. I got yeah. I cut back down. It was like I kind of felt like I had that strength built mm-hmm. up and just like everything. And then going from, uh, bodybuilding to fighting, it was just. I just like it was seamless. It was an easy yeah. transfer than going yeah. from fighting to bodybuilding. Yeah. And just like I still incorporated all my bodybuilding workouts. That was a, that was my, that's my main priority. Yeah. I guess I'm a I'm a bodybuilder first and I'm a fighter okay. in my eyes. So. Yeah. That's sure. so bodybuilding first, get the three hundred pounds. I know who I want to fight. <laughs> You're the same dude. No, it's um, actually the guy I'm fighting. He's a new come on the podcast. Oh really? So that's we're, awesome. We're, we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna talk about like how his mentality was like getting ready for the fight and uh-huh. my mentality getting ready for the fight. Yeah. And I actually just learned he found out he had a baby. He was having oh. a kid like a week before his fight, so yeah. he was like fighting for his kid. Oh, that's and awesome. then he was having finals during that week. So yeah. I just want to hear like his side of the story, yeah. like yeah. And like his game plan completely blew our game plan out the water because <laughs> our game plan was to finish it in the first round. Yeah. And he like. We didn't know anything about him, but yeah. he knew who I was because of Instagram. Yeah. And like the game plan for him was just to bear the like the first round and just get me tired. And yes. But it worked. Yeah. And like our <laughs> game plan was to finish it in the first round, so yeah. obviously his plan worked. So yeah. I just yeah. want to hear his perspective on everything, just like his idea on the fight. Uh-huh. How would you um, like compare like kind of going on mentality? I mean, like you were you played basketball in college, yeah. like you were an athlete pretty much My like whole your whole life. So mm-hmm. like kind of the mentality for like 
uh, competition prep versus like a fight prep because like I'm assuming like you know like I've seen you train and stuff so like fight preps it's like actually like physically like hurts yeah, <laughs> you know so where competition press is more like mental. I would say it's like more mental yeah. so like how do you what was harder for you I guess I would say probably fighting yeah just because you have to become a killer like literally in that cage is kill or be killed like yeah. his objective is to essentially kill like it's me him and the referee yeah so if the referee's gone it's a one-on-one guy he's trying to kill me i'm trying to kill him yeah so i'm not that like i was never a killer so i feel like doing the fight kind of gave me the mamba mentality yeah yeah in a sense where it's like i have to kill this guy like literally that's all yeah. like, I, have, like, I have to kill him because he has to kill me yeah that's probably like, so unlocking that was not scary but it was definitely a different mindset that I'm yeah. used to having but it was also in a way freeing because like now I know like walking down the street that like if I have Anything to fight yeah, yeah. I have that, yeah. that kind of mentality still and like doing bodybuilding first kind of give me that confidence to know that I'm stronger than you like this is they both kind of like work together yeah and I guess if I were to go with basketball now I'd be a completely different yeah. player what made you want to like um do a fight in the first place I feel like those are two like different huh? separate shows. yeah so um my bodybuilding show was a lot of politics so it's like oh yeah. a lot of people like every count like oh you should have won like every yeah. thought in prejudging i was winning too yeah and then um uh, bobby i just yeah yeah it was bobby and then like it was i was always said i was like i was soft and like i'm like pussy in that kind uh-huh. of sense and like in my head i'm like i'm not i just i rather like there's I don't see anything good that comes out of street fights. Like yeah. nothing ever does. So yeah. I think I kinda wanted to prove that like I wasn't like I am I do have that mentality yeah. if I need to have it. But I just choose not to. Yeah. But it also is in a way addicting because it's like I was I would really cry like at night. Like I would yeah. be in so much pain. Yeah. And like it was just we were like we from nine to eleven was bodybuilding, then yeah. eleven to one was MMA cardio and then seven to nine was MMA like actual like learning this stuff and fighting each other yeah it was such a toll yeah Yeah. and I think this summer it just I broke through a lot mentally yeah I think that's what that's those are great mentally wise and it was like you can't get worse than that you know (laughs) it's like like, been hit by bottom or like yeah so I think that and like if I didn't fight I would never start this podcast so yeah I'm glad I did although it did suck and like set me back for a minute Uh but it was definitely a long term I guess yeah So kind of tell me about like Jack's only and like all that and like the podcast in general. Like what I know, like you were kind of telling me before, like oh, you, like when you broke your wrist, you're like oh, I got to do something. But like, what's the whole idea, like behind it, and like what kind of inspired it for you? Okay, so the Jack's only, uh, do you, you know who Nolan is, right? The guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, we were in the like that little kitchen area, mm-hmm. and we we're kind of joking because it's like, man, we're Jacks of all trees. Yeah. We went from college basketball <laughs> to bodybuilding to now yeah. fighting. And so we're like, fuck it, we're like, we're all our friends are Jacks, so we yeah. closed the Jacks only part. And so um, we did the fight, and after I broke my wrist, I was like, kind of just like, damn, like, I, I don't know. Do yeah. yeah. And so I, like, I kind of listened to the Joe Rogan podcast, and I kind of like really like boost my spirits and like Gary V. And I just started like putting the projects together, like the podcast. So we started podcasting in January, mm-hmm. and then I started hanging out with my guy, Sean Joseph, yeah. and he owns this brand, Quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. And we kind of like combined and became partners, and so like I'm, nice. I won't say I'm a, a owner of quarterfinal, but I have like a stake in like Jack's only clothing line, which is gotcha. like their fitness line. Uh-huh. 
And we just kind of took it like, we'll just do whatever it takes to reach our ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And for me, my goal is to be the Arnold or the Rock of my generation. And when I quit college basketball, my goal was to become the top fitness influencer. Yeah. And I just kind of realized like, well, like Steve Cook, like, they're cool. Yeah. But like the top guys will be generational guys. And I'd be Mm -hmm. like Arnold back then and the Rock now. So like, yeah, it's in my eyes, it'll be me. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it kind of came from. It's just, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be that person. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, so kind of, how was it kind of quitting basketball? Because, like, I grew up playing basketball my entire yeah. life, and, like, I couldn't play college because I got hurt, but right. I knew that was such a huge, like, identity, like, crisis for me. It was like, 